healing and magic and mysticism and energy healing, it wasn't viewed the same. People called you crazy. People's called women crazy. People still do, but like there's so much more consciousness now around patriarchy and patriarchy's role and how we treat people and take people seriously. I'm so grateful for it, but I felt like I couldn't share what had happened to me, this profound life-changing experience without someone calling me crazy. And that's what every woman is afraid of, I would say. Being called a crazy bitch or like a crazy witch and then getting burned to the stake, right? Mm -hmm. It invalidates everything you do, especially your intuition. And so it took me a while to like honestly overreact enough to want to talk about this stuff. And by that time I'd started working in tech. I was working as a trainer for people like the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and helping people with health and wellness. And I just realized I didn't want to help rich white ladies get skinny anymore. I really wanted to make an impact. Welcome to Cosmic Rx Radio, a podcast that gives you real-life tools of spiritual empowerment and pure hype. I'm your host and intuitive guide, Maddie Murphy. I'll be serving up your weekly energy readings, cosmic boss interviews, and astro inspiration. Are you ready to love yourself more, manifest your dream life, and own your magic? Let's jump in. So I'm very excited for today's guest. Michelle Pelazon is truly a cosmic badass and someone who I really personally deeply admire for her work in this space, especially as you've all heard me talk about over the past two years. I've gotten to see some people that I admire fall away and some people that are new to me really step up and take the lead. She is the founder and head witch in charge at Holisticism. Uh, Her background in tech experiences with her own health journey and her own mystical practices have helped her really make well-being less stigmatized, more normal, and perhaps most importantly, more accessible. She also deeply believes in intuitive business practices, which I love. And it's what she also teaches her students in the North Node and how she personally runs holisticism. And for those of you who don't know, holisticism is an incredible collective dedicated to making wellness and well-being more accessible. They have a booking platform that provides virtual appointments. They have content, tips, tools, education. My favorite part of the website is where it says holisticism here, Black Lives Matter. Gender is a spectrum. Healthcare is a human right. Science is real. Oh my God, the exhale that left my body when I read that mission statement, because you know, making wellness, well-being, and healing more accessible, affordable, intersectional, and inclusive now more than ever is something that is so important. And this is why I am so excited to highlight her as a true cosmic rule breaker, change maker today. Michelle, how the hell are you? Thanks for being here. Wow. I feel like you should write my biography. That was great. <laughs> off as a young girl. I know. Right? Heard against the world. <laughs> I gotta hire you to like do all my intros. Man, hype woman. That was awesome. <laughs> I, I, I get hyped to the people who I have on the podcast. I'm like, no, literally, I only have people on that give me chills. Like when I look at the work they're doing, I'm like, hell yes, everyone needs to know about this. <laughs> So it's completely (laughs) genuine, completely authentic. But like I said, thank you for coming on. And 
you know, why don't you introduce yourself in, in a few words and just tell people a little bit about you and, uh, and what you do? Yeah. So you said it perfectly, but I call myself the head witch in charge at Holisticism. I've been running the company. I started the company four and a half years ago and I'm sort of like, I feel like I've lived many, many lives. I used to be a professional modern dancer in New York. Then I was a celebrity trainer and nutritionist. Then I worked in tech and now I run this wellness company slash mystical company and get to be in community with other amazing people. So I've been really lucky that I get to keep following my passions and that that the world has has been kind <laughs> most of the time. And I love that I get to be the multi-hyphenate that I am, you know, and change my mind a lot and follow lots of different threads and see where they take me. And I think that that's a big thing of why I'm here. I don't really believe I have one purpose, but I think one of my main reasons for being is to try lots of things and make a lot of mistakes, like a lot, a lot, a lot of mistakes, fail a ton, and then teach other people what I learned the hard way. I'm really good at learning lessons the hard way and then making life easier for other people. So that's kind of what I'm here to do. And I'm a Pisces sun, Cancer rising, Scorpio moon with a Mercury Aquarius. So I have a lot of feelings and also I'm pretty intuitive. So yeah, that's kind of like how I run my life is through intuition, but also um, trying to like choose a better story. That's my motto. My husband and I, our motto is choose a better story in life. Mm, So much of that. Just wrap that up in a little (laughs) candy wrapper and save that in your pocket. It's all so sweet, so delicious, and so just affirming to hear someone who's just, like you said, making mistakes along the way, learning lessons, helping others. And I love what you said about just you know, letting your intuition guide you and following like that next illuminated thread of yes, seeing where it takes you, being okay with you know making some missteps and mistakes along the way. I love that. And clearly it's led you somewhere really powerful and really impactful. So why don't you tell everyone, everyone here in the ether sphere, <laughs> In the podcast. Hey, everyone. Hey, hey. everyone. Get a drink. What's going on? You look amazing today. <laughs> Tell everyone here throughout time and space joining us a little bit about what led you specifically uh, to founding Holisticism. It's such a fascinating, powerful, and like the platform in general. I'm like, yes. Like years ago, I was like, this is what we need. I'm so happy that you made it. So yeah, tell people about what what led you there specifically. Yeah, I mean, a lot of things, a lot of threads. I had health issues. I was diagnosed with epilepsy, which is a seizure disorder when I was 17, just like out of the blue. I was a really healthy kid. And then all of a sudden started having these crazy seizures. And my neurologists couldn't really tell me what was wrong with me. It didn't really, there wasn't like anything anatomically that wrong. It was like, your brain's weird, but it's not so weird that you should be having seizures all the time. So They kind of just put me on a really intense prescription drug that changed my personality and my mood and made me lose my short-term memory and also gave me brain damage. They're like, this is what you're going to take for the rest of your life. Also, like it will be really hard for you to get pregnant and you're kind of a different person, but you're not going to have seizures. And I was like 17 and kind of an asshole, you know, because I just wasn't used to life being unfair to be like perfectly candid with you. I thought that if you worked hard towards something that you wanted, you would get it. That was my sort of black or white thinking and how I grew up is you earn things. And I thought, well, I'm good. If I'm good, then why would this happen to me? And like, if I just follow all the rules, then it'll go away. And that didn't happen. It made me really frustrated. And I ended up 
moving to New York to study dance at NYU, meeting some amazing professors and teachers who pointed me in the direction of energy healing and alternative therapies. And I saw, happened to work with a healer in New York who you know worked out of their apartment. He didn't have a website. And after one like four hour session with them where I, I truly went to like another dimension, uh, I remember waking up and being like, they yeah, have only 20 minutes have passed and it was four hours later. I walked out of their apartment and I never had another seizure again. And that was like 10 years ago. So I was able to go off medication and long story short, I just had this profound feeling after feeling so helpless. There were so many people like me who didn't have access to someone like this who could help them or fix them. Even if it wasn't the sort of miracle experience that I had, even if it was just getting a, an ounce of hope, so many people didn't have that. And also so many healers and practitioners who are doing incredible work who aren't necessarily Western medicine science approved and no shade to Western medicine, it's, but it's just one path. Weren't getting the credit that they deserved and we're living hand to mouth. We're like, we're struggling. I'm, I'm sure you've met lots of spiritual people who you're like, wait, but you understand like energy. Like how come you don't know how to pay your bills or like get paid? This is so contradictory to like what you know. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Oh, wow. I mean, that's exactly it. And I, I love that you're, yeah, sort of bringing together the, these two worlds, the really practical realm, the magical realm. And I appreciate what you said too about like, not every experience has to be a miraculous interdimensional ancient. It's great when they feelings. are. I mean, but... like, sweetie, like we don't forget those ones. <laughs> Those ones are amazing. You never forget, your first. You never for forget sure. the one that takes you to, to a different dimension. Okay. It's like, was that good for you? It was really good for me. <laughs> Have you ever had an experience with a healer where you're like, it truly changed your life and they look like so nonplussed about it? They're like smoking a cigarette afterwards. <laughs> like they they would not be able to pick you out of a lineup on the street like a week later. And you're just like, you literally changed the course of my life and you don't know my last name. Like you won't remember totally. me later. That's like, kind of amazing <laughs> the, the smoking the cigarette thing I'm also just I'm so on the same page as you because my first really like transformative you know transcendent healing experiences all happened in New York City and like you know I think you expect that. to happen in this like cool like you know, field or like a hut on a beach or <laughs> yes. somewhere like overlooking the water. And I'm like, right. I'm in this weird like office shared space <laughs> in Midtown. Yes. And there's this like a, an apartment in Murray Hill. In Murray Hill. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, I don't know. There's like sirens going off, but it's all like working somehow. So I, I totally relate to that. I was cracking up. I'm like, yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, okay, building something like holism from scratch from the ground up. I mean, it was really hard. It girl. was really hard. I buried the lead because I walked out <laughs> of the session with a practitioner and I was like, fuck, how do I connect more people to this person? How do I connect this person to more people so they can actually like maybe move out of this studio apartment that they'd like literally sleep on a cot over there and then they do sessions right here on their couch? How can I help everyone and have a greater impact? Cause I don't really want to be a practitioner cause I can, I'm singular, right? Like I can only help one person or hundred people, right? A thousand people. How can we help tens of thousands or millions of people? And so I sat on that for a really long time and just that idea and that experience. And also I was really afraid to talk to people about it because this was a long, not a long time ago, but it was like almost a decade ago and healing and magic and mysticism and energy healing, it wasn't viewed the same. 
people called you crazy. People's called women crazy. People still do, but like there's so much more consciousness now around patriarchy and patriarchy's role and how we treat people and take people seriously. I'm so grateful for it, but I felt like I couldn't share what had happened to me, this profound life-changing experience without someone calling me crazy. And that's what every woman is afraid of, I would say. Being called a crazy bitch or like a crazy witch and then getting burned to the stake, right? Mm -hmm. Um, It invalidates everything you do, especially your intuition. And so it took me a while to like honestly overreact enough to want to talk about this stuff. And by that time I'd started working in tech. I was working as a trainer for people like the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and helping people with health and wellness. And I just realized I didn't want to help rich white ladies get skinny anymore. I really wanted to make an impact. And one of the ways that I knew I could make an impact was by running a business because businesses have such reach for better or for worse, especially giant corporations. So I joined a tech company. I learned how to run a business and grow a business from the inside out. I would argue at that time, like a little bit more punk rock, sort of rebellious perspective. And that was when I, after a couple of years of doing that, I was like, I can do this. You know, I've seen enough. CEOs who don't really know what they're doing, especially white men, to know that like as long as I go, like I'll figure it out. You know, I'll always figure it out. And the worst thing that happens is that I fail and I'll still have learned something. So I might as well just try. And I wanted to initially make a platform for people to find practitioners. So a double-sided marketplace where you could book virtual sessions with practitioners and then on the back end there'd be an entire sort of business office for them. So booking, scheduling, payment processing, asset creation, transcription, follow-up emails, all the things that you need to run a business. And I ended up coding that platform, making it, getting about a thousand practitioners on it. And what I continued to see was that I could funnel people in. I could get awesome people to be practitioners on the platform. I could get amazing clients, but so many wellness practitioners didn't understand how to run businesses. So It didn't matter like how cool the technology I made was if they didn't understand the basic dynamics of a business. And so for me, that was the big opportunity of like, wow, if I want to help more people heal by making it easier for them to reach healers and making healers more successful so they don't get burnt out so they can do what they're here to do, I need to teach healers and practitioners how to run intuitive businesses and speak that language that they speak. So that's what we do at Holisticism. And we also educate on wellness and well-being practices, mysticism, magic, all that good stuff, because we we kind of serve two audiences, right? People who are in and of the wellness world, who want to dive deeper, who love it, wellness hype beasts, and people who want to work in the wellness space and do work in the wellness space. And just need that business, like someone to be like template, like here's how to, because it, it's overwhelming when you have a gift and you're a healer. Again, so many talented people I know, yes, they can literally move stuck energy out of you, clear generational trauma from your body. They can talk to your ancestors, ancestors like channel, they're, they're yes. like making your whole body vibrate and move. And, and then, but to them, it's like answering an email or updating their website. It's like, it's just a different whole different part of themselves. Even if they're good at it, some of the bandwidth isn't there. If you're healing all day, you don't want to sit down and I'm like, okay, now I'm going to work on the back end of my website or figure out my... And so it's just beautiful. It's so supportive what you do. And it's like, so yeah, creating this big, like, okay, everyone come in here, whatever you need, I'm going to help you. We're just all going to get through this together. That's exactly right. Enabling versus empowering or empowering (laughs) versus enabling, which is (laughs) so often what happens, right? And often what we're looking for and business doesn't have to be a boner killer. 
business can be as magical because there's magic in the mundane. Your business can be as magical as your healing practice. And it's the reframe and also prioritization. So, you know, like maybe if what doesn't really light you up is setting up your website and I don't know, replying to emails and all that bullshit, you can actually like create systems so you don't have to do that. And that's not part of your job. And that's not part of how you get paid. It's a matter of like making an active choice as opposed to not making the choice. So the choice being made for you by someone else, which Mm -hmm. is a lack of personal sovereignty. And that's not dope. Like we want to be, we want to live in a world where people are personally sovereign, I think. Absolutely. And everything you're saying is just like my, I mean, it's interesting in the collective, like the downloads you get and everything you're saying, you know, a few years ago, it's like 2012, it was like, oh, should I, I wanted to be spiritual. I had like an you know awakening, what should I do? And I was mm-hmm. like, I don't know, like become a yoga teacher at the time. It was like, that was like the only <laughs> right, like track. options. Yeah. And I was like, that just does not seem like me. Like I was like, I don't know. And, you know, through many mistakes and through many interesting paths and, and through meeting some amazing people who just kind of showed up, like literally like eavesdropping on my conversations with like, here's a tip, here's yeah. something to do. I slowly realized I'm like, oh, it's, it's, you know, business is how the world changes and empowering others to set up systems and structures and scale and have purchasing impact and, you know, be able to hire people and run business through a more heart-centered, grounded, like purpose-driven way that empowers others. I was like, oh, this is how we change the world. Like, Mm. yes, it's amazing to do all these, like, you know, at the time, the things that were like very healing oriented were a little bit, I would say like isolated, like, oh yes, you go to a retreat and help yourself or you start drinking green juice. And I Mm. should be told the first company I started was a green juice company and very similar to you. I loved it for a few years. It brought me across so many amazing people. It connected me back into my own intuitive business practices that I needed. But I was like, um, like the whole like diet culture of green juice and everything. Oh my God. Yeah. Like, I was like, I have kind of lost, like this is not <laughs> actually what I'm into. Yeah. To do. So like, I resonate with everything you're saying. And I'm excited to like, you know, dig into your chart and talk about how you learn to like, you know, flex that intuitive muscle. That's something I'm really excited. I'm sure our listeners are like, yes, but how, but how, but how? Uh, I mean, <laughs> well, I, at first by like hurting a lot, like hurting a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Like my Saturn return was a piece of cake compared to my twenties. I think I had some like weird Pluto shit happening and really like I had, I, when I say I had to learn lessons the hard way, I had to be like in the depths of depression. I had to have like this horrible seizure disorder where I was completely out of control of my body and at the will of my body constantly. And I had no control. And I went from being a professional dancer where you literally can control every single muscle in your body. And you've been taught how to do that and how to hold pain and to look beautiful while you're holding pain for 20 years of my life, all of a sudden to not knowing if I'm going to like have a seizure on the subway and pee my pants in front of a bunch of strangers. That is like horrifying because you're, you're your own worst enemy. You're at battle with yourself. Um, you're not safe in your own body. And that was really hard for me to work through. It was really painful to work through. And I think I blocked a lot of my intuition because I couldn't trust the signals that were coming from my body. I couldn't trust the, that information. It didn't feel safe. I really do think that my seizures were tied to not being connected to my intuition and not listening to spirit 
and spirit being like, how many times do I have to whack you over the head to make you listen? Like, it's like a computer reboot, right? Like, okay, we're going to reboot you again because like, you're not saving or something like, come on, you can't exit page. And like I said, I just had to learn that lesson the hard way so many times. So the first thing that brought me back to my intuition was just like feeling my pain, feeling like grief. And I have a lot of eighth house stuff. So I'm also studying to become a death doula. Like I feel like grief and pain and feeling the depths of my emotions is my superpower. And I'm inviting other people to do that is a superpower too. Even when it's like really messy and not that sexy and like not fun, then just trusting it and not judging it. And so that would mean that sometimes in New York, I'd wake up and be like, I'm going to do this today. I'm going to walk down Mm -hmm. these streets today. It sounds so silly, but it's like baby steps. You can't ask for what your purpose is going to be in life if you don't trust what your body's telling you to either order the salad or order the pizza. Like you got to start with like the low grade stuff and work up to the big stuff, at least in my opinion, in my experience. I don't know. Does that, what do you think about it? Everything you're saying, I'm like, is this woman in my brain? (laughs) (laughs) Did we just become best friends? Are we we best friends? I'm like listening to you, but I'm also like, yes. When are we going to go away together? Are we starting a business together also? And also like, did we get hooked up to the same like radio frequency channel? Are we downloading in the same cloud? I'm like, literally everything I say in all of my workshops, ceremonies, (laughs) seminars, talks, saying to my husband over and over again, I'm like, yeah, gotta learn to like, listen, you know, to your intuition in every moment and to flex that muscle. And exactly the moments that are, I mean, obviously the seizures in your case was such a like, hello, like you cannot ignore this, but like pay attention to all of that and pay attention to the things that feel off instead of powering through them. And, you know, we talked about Western medicine. I'm so grateful to Western medicine. Love it. Love science. My husband just had valve replacement. I heard. So I'm like, how's he doing? Oh, he's been amazing. His doctors, (sighs) shout out to nurses, technology, medicine. I'm like, it's amazing. And the hospital, shout out to Cleveland Clinic. What I love about them is, yeah, they know you can't, you know, crystal heal away a valve that was you can't like just effect. put some essential oils yeah we can't no, not we'll not even best. lavender not even lavender we'll do that <laughs> <laughs> but what i love about them is they did have afterwards they have reiki and guided visualization that's amazing programs and they were really into like nutrition and in, in terms of your healing it was just really beautiful to see like the marrying of that happen and integration um and not that has to be so like one side or the other because mm. you know these everything you're talking about it's like you know shout out to western medicine but sometimes yeah. we have these things that happen to us in our body and we do need to go to doctors but sometimes the prescriptions or certain things are just a way of like steamrolling over what your body is telling you and i am a big believer that like the bigger the sign you have the bigger like block you're getting from the universe the bigger you know pain or death or rebirth you're working through probably means you're here to do some big epic level shit. And the universe is just getting your container ready and expanding you. I'm looking at you, you built like, yeah, that's why (laughs) the universe sent a fucking seizure your way. It's like, bitch, you have to create something that's going to help tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of people one day. And like, we need you to pay attention and wake up and be like really in this and, you know, walking this walk and 
and trusting yourself because it's no small feat like what you've done as someone I know again everything everything every part of what you do I just deeply bow to it I'm like no Aww. the tech side the gathering the practitioners the moving things together and telling people what you do especially a few years ago four years ago you know we're lucky now that oh everyone's God interested in this world. And there's still a lot of, you know, skeptics, obviously, but, you know, sitting down and having business conversations with people and this being your idea, I'm sure you got some looks or just people be like, dude, oh my God. <laughs> yes. So I went through a fundraising process, which is typical for a, a tech back company. You often get capitalization via venture capitalists. So investors who typically infuse a lot of capital into a business to see it have exponential gains or grow in a short period of time, sort of like super accelerating for anyone out there who doesn't know what VC is, super accelerates a business. And not every business is venture backable. It's really only businesses that can grow like at least 10X in a year. And that's honestly not most businesses because it's not that healthy to grow that fast. Like there are serious growing pains that happen. And I talk about investment a lot and capitalization a lot because I think it's important for people to understand. And um, it's really been glamorized quite a bit in the entrepreneurial space. Also, like being an entrepreneur has been glamorized so much. It's fun, but it's like not that dope. Like it, uh, sorry. Like it's, it's, I, I feel like it's like something that you, yeah, it's like not sexy. It's not, I was stuffing envelopes last night watching Miss Americana by Taylor Swift. I've been running my business for four and a half years. And I'm still like doing stuff like that. And oh, we yeah. have an amazing business. So it's not always really sexy. It is often not sexy. <laughs> As I'm sure you know. Oh, yeah. I'm like, if you are someone who doesn't want to be, you know, proverbially like mopping floors or doing this. Or literally. Or literally. Like cleaning, cleaning toilets, like, which I'm is like, also what I used to do. I'm like, yeah. don't. Don't be an entrepreneur because yeah. no matter how much you grow, you still have so many moments of doing exactly like I'm laughing in my own, like a montage just running through my mind of like, <laughs> you know, just like trying to be all cool, look beautiful at an event. And then I'm like breaking down the table and like carrying like Tupperware <laughs> out and I'm like sweating and like my dress is like falling down my, under, my like skirt yep. stuck into my underwear. And I'm just like, <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. It's so like a lot of like these unglamorous parts. Um, and you know, to say nothing of just the, you have to do everything yourself and your hours. It's like, yeah, I don't work for anyone, but also eh, I work for myself. And I'm also, my boss is an asshole because my boss I'm my is boss. an asshole. <laughs> and my one employee is kind of a jerk. I'm like having like this constant battle. Like you're kind of lazy. I'm like, you're kind of a bitch. Like, <laughs> totally. Totally. And, and also I feel like We'll get, we'll circle back to venture capital, but yeah. like, this is important to, to hammer back on. Like, it's really hard to balance being kind to yourself. And also something we talk about at holisticism a lot is divesting from the problematic and dangerous parts of capitalism that have become sort of enveloped and a part of capitalism that don't necessarily need to be a part of it. Like oppression shouldn't go hand in hand with capitalism, <laughs> but it does right now because of the system that we live in. That also means that like, as entrepreneurs, we're in a system, especially spiritual and intuitive entrepreneurs, we're in a system that like is kind of contradictory to perhaps how we live and breathe and want to create things in the world. And yet we have to still be in the system in some ways and play the game of some of the system and understand it in order to break out of it, break free of it. And that can be complicated. You know, like our company, I work with four people. We all have like bouts of depression and some days we'll have someone call in and just or email in and be like, I can't work for the next week. I'm just like, I'm bluesy and I'm sorry. 
and I just need to take some time. And so we do kind of all hands on deck and make sure that that person gets taken care of. And it would be way easier if we just didn't do that. (laughs) If we just like ran business, like a regular business. And I was like, tough titties, suck it up. Sorry, you're feeling sad, but like you have to send these emails. That would be so much easier, even for myself included, right? For me to say like, ovary up, pillows on, like you you have Mm -hmm. to get out of bed today. But I do think that we can like hold the vision for a more compassionate, fluid, intuitive space and world that also resources us all and cares for all of us, not just our customers, but also our teams and our leaders. So it's really hard to walk that line sometimes of giving compassion to yourself and to your team and also knowing when to to like boss up, I guess for lack of a better term, and like go through it, put on like your Capricorn hat and just like go full steam ahead. But I don't know. Well, am I are you that, am I alone in that? Do you feel am, that? No, I'm the same. Well, what I appreciate about you is so many, so many things I appreciate about you. But um, one of the things is that you're walking the walk instead of just talking the talk. It's easy to post Instagram posts all day being like, yeah, like new world, revolution, new business practices, fuck the patriarchy, dismantle capitalism. But it's like another thing to be on a deadline it's, crunching and have yes. your team members and you're in the weeds and someone's like, I'm depressed. Like, I don't feel good this week or something's happened to me emotionally. And you're like, Okay, but like I'm also struggling. And you see why every time you make a decision to do something that's different in the business world, I'm always met with, oh, this is why it wasn't done before. Because in some ways, it's just easier to not have that empathy. It's easier to not do things, um, even high integrity. You know, when you make something, you're like, oh, well, it's a lot cheaper to get something made in a questionable factory. Oh my God. Shipped here quick versus sourcing things that are. And artisanal made and eco-friendly and sustainable. And you see why at every turn in a business, why people have taken these shortcuts that have ultimately led to these huge systems of oppression in our society, in our minds, in our bodies. So the like effective dismantling of that takes so much awareness and then so much like deep breaths and compassion for yourself and communication. And I like what you said too, but the balance of like something that kind of irks me in the business. There's so many things. And like, I think I used to be very irked by the business space, but now I'm a little irked by like spiritual business things I see. And I see a lot of people who are just like, yes, like being your divine feminine and goddess business. And I'm like, what does that even mean? What does that even mean? <laughs> also, I'm like, show me your business. What are you running? Like, also, I, gender is not real. Stop talking. Right. Stop I hate the like, masculine and feminine. Too. It's not using language. That. I know. Sorry. They're like this <laughs> binary, like polarity. Like, what does this mean? I don't get it. I feel like this is just an excuse for you to take a picture of yourself in a sarong on the beach. <laughs> just and like, where's wrong, babe? Like, there's no wrong. That. I love a thirst trap. Like, come on. I love them. Thirst are my jam. But I'm like, I feel like now you're also putting pressure on people where they think business is just this completely receptive, passive, intuitive. And it is. It's that's a big part of it. But on the other side, too, like you said, sometimes I love your cancer rising. It's like on the other side of that, got a Capricorn up sometimes and like put on the big boy girl non-binary individual pants go out and do the thing and like or like make the spreadsheet or do the thing we don't want to do like sometimes and to get inspired not has to be all that it's not to all be grind of course it's like hustle culture that's so toxic but like this balance i'm kind of noticing in certain people that they're turning away from that so much they're going to this Mm. very like passive vague space that feels like 
uh, that feels like too much of a pendulum swing. So I just appreciate, you know, your honesty in that, your transparency and your advice. And I love watching other people, like you're expanding and being a role model in this space. So like, it's not, it's not easy to have a company that's more compassionate, that's empathetic, that's truly caring about people over the profit, the deadlines, the processes, the products. Like, I really want to care about the people here. Yeah, It's beautiful and it's noble, but it's not like easy in every day to day. It's not easy, but it's simple. Yes, so, exactly. And, and that's the trick is that it is simple. Like actually business is simple and running ethical businesses is simple and running a business intuitively is simple, but that doesn't mean it's easy. It's like running, running simple. It's one foot after another, but like shit, man, does not mean it's easy. I used to run <laughs> ultra marathons. That shit is not easy. And you're right. Every time I'm like, yeah, I don't want to do business as usual. And this is why people do it the usual yeah, way. You just get those little hits. You're like, ah, oh, that's, that's yeah. why. Okay, cool. But I love that easy, um, not easy, but simple and staying focused on those things that you're like, no, this is simple. This is straightforward. It's not easy, yeah. but okay, I do want to circle back to the venture capitalist yes. um, conversation oh, yes. because I was going to bring up your eighth house still. I'm like, tell me about your connection to- <laughs> and other people's money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, yeah. When I was ra- raising VC, so I was taking like, first off venture capital, we actually have a good podcast episode with someone who's, who trained with VCs. She like worked with next alongside venture capitalists for a year. And so she really understands their thought process. And I really, ad- in some ways, admire investors. I would love to be an investor one day, just not a typical venture capital investor because often the terms are very predatory. When you get investment like a million dollars or $5 million or $10 million from a venture cap, from a venture VCs, investors, um, they take a large percentage of your company, especially because you're raising money rounds multiple times, right? You raise a seed round, a series A, series B, so on, so on, so on. As your business gets older, you end up raising money like once a year. So you're kind of constantly in this cycle of fundraising. The money is meant to float you because often businesses that require a ton of capitalization upfront are very expensive upfront. So they need to scale quickly, meaning they're often software businesses. So they need things like expensive engineers and the tech to do something and be like groundbreaking. ClassPass would be a good example of that. Or they're a product-based business where they're trying to go direct to consumer and with a CPG, a consumer product or good, a good example of that would be Glossier or Allbirds, or they're really like creating an entire new category in and of themselves. And so they need a lot of money for not just product creation, whether it's a digital product or a physical product, but they also need tons of marketing capital behind them, or they need to like acquire assets. Like we work, you know, needed a lot of money in order to get, to get real estate. So you're talking to these investors who hold millions of dollars and who are used to pattern matching founders with people like Mark Zuckerberg, right? So a typical tech bro who walks in in a hoodie and a pair of jeans and who like, you're like, okay, you don't really have social skills, but you're really smart because you dropped out of Harvard. You're talking about all this tech stuff and you seem much smarter than me. And so often women and people of color are not invested in because they don't pattern match. And VCs are just gambling. They are looking to invest in a lot of companies knowing that one or two will survive and make them billions of dollars and they'll get their payout. So they're trying to invest in the things that are going to get them those amazing unicorn payouts. And if they know what works, it's like, well, if it's if it ain't broke, don't fix it. 
which is wrong. So women, I think at at this point, I think it's 2% of venture capital goes to women. It might be a little bit more. And then it's, I think, 0.2. I haven't looked at these numbers in a long time, but 0.2% of money goes towards Black women founders. So it's really challenging to raise money if you're a woman, period. Um, If you're not a white man, I'll say that. And when I would talk to VCs about what I was doing, I had people who even were like, first off, they were like, we don't understand it. Because like, is wellness a thing? Like, yeah, (laughs) it is kind of a thing. And even when I had all my numbers, like I I went through a couple accelerator programs. So I knew what I was, I was doing. I am so lucky because that industry is so, has so many gatekeepers. I somehow like wiggled my way in. Um, Actually, like I had the privilege of wiggling my way in, like someone believed in me and brought me into these spaces. And I was really lucky to be able to understand them from the inside out. But I had investors. First off, I had a really bad time as a woman with male investors. I had men look at me and say, well, they don't look like you in San Francisco and like literally look at my rack or make sexual innuendos. And I'm laughing, but I want to punch the computer screen. <laughs> I had an investor like try to fill me up. Like it was so inappropriate. It was so like who I was introduced to through a friend. It was... I had men who I was interviewing to be my DTO, my chief technical officer, asked me out on dates after our interview. It was so inappropriate. I I felt so just like disrespected all the time. It was really disheartening. It was a really hard year. But the most offensive thing to me was that I had investors who said, you know, what you're doing is unethical because this stuff isn't real. So the fact that you're Mm. trying to get people to like buy into this, is there an ethics issue here? Is this Miss Cleo? Is this some like bullshit psychic thing? That was really fascinating because I mean, isn't that what like cryptocurrency is? It's just like a fake thing that we're all collectively believing and has value. How are these things things any different? Also like these things have been around for like thousands and thousands of years. And just because they're not, I don't know, like Western medicine, Western science approved doesn't mean that they're not legitimate. They're legitimate in a different way. And so, yeah, it was fascinating. It was a really interesting experience. I ended up raising the money and then giving it back, which is also a really interesting experience. And then bootstrapped holisticism. So gave myself like two months to figure out how to make it profitable. Because one of the things when you raise money is that you know your business isn't going to be profitable for many years. That's why you're getting investment so that you can fuel your growth so you can pay people and all that good stuff. Like Amazon didn't become profitable until a couple of years ago. That was very stressful. But one of my proudest accomplishments, I think, is that I figured out how to make this business run and be in this position that we're in now where we get to help even more people. We get to give resources to other people. And um, it's really cool. And that's on sovereignty. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yes. Yes, ma'am. I love I, that. <laughs> I didn't answer your question about eighth house stuff. So I don't know. Did yeah. I? Well, I was going to say, you know, before you even started talking about, because I didn't know the nitty gritty of the you know history of your company, that you had had that experience. I was going to ask you if that was something that you're interested in was either investing in other companies is what I was going to ask you Um, with your North node in Pisces in the eighth house. I was like, okay, like, where do you see, you know, is that something that's important to you or something you see in your horizon? Yeah. That's what's one of the things that I'm working towards. I would love to invest in underrepresented and under, not underserved, but underestimated founders, you know, people Mm -hmm. like mothers and people of color and queer people and trans people who 
are creating things in a very different way than people who get traditionally backed by venture capitalists. And that's why we actually started something called our Visionary in Residence program. So we have seven visionaries in residence at Holisticism right now, and they go through a year-long sort of incubator slash arts residency where we give them basically access to all of our resources, our contacts, our community, me and my team, and they kind of get to use us as much as they want. And Right now, I don't have like millions of dollars in the bank to dole out to companies, but I will. And I was thinking about this of like, okay, if I'm going to do that in the next five years, like what do I need to know and understand right now in order to position myself to do that? It was like, oh, I just need to start doing it. Like, why would I wait? I already have access to so much resource. It might not be financial resource or the amount of financial resource I can give out to tons of people, but I have so much that I can share. So why would I hold that back? And because I'm not like ready, quote unquote, in the way that I want to be ready. So that's been a really interesting experiment this year and hard, but a good, a good experiment. I love that. I love just seeing how much of, especially with all those eighth house planets, I think um, this will help. I know a lot of my clients or people who reach out to me, everyone's always like, what's the deal with the eighth house? Like very like question marked, but if you have a lot of personal planets there or impactful planets. So to hear about your journey, I also love that you're casually also studying to become a death doula on top of this. Yeah. It's, it's a really beautiful embodiment. I think of like your gifts and your superpowers and being very aware of the, you know, holistic pun intended, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, journey that you're on the holistic, all the experiences, like whether it's, I love hearing about, you know, you weaving in being so in touch with your body through dance and and the running and, but then like the tech sphere, what that taught you and like you weaving all these things together, you can just tell you're very aware and very grounded I listen to a lot of podcasts where I used to, I like stopped. And sometimes I just listen to people and I'm like, I feel like you're just in a bubble right now, or you're just like on this one track. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, it feels like you're missing a lot, like blinded yeah. and myself. And I miss, a yeah. lot. I miss so much. So we're all Same. learning the past two years, especially like how much we had our blinders on to like yeah. other people's experiences. But I, I do appreciate, I can tell how much awareness you have and how much you're continuing to try and cultivate that. And I think it's just going to be so supported and so beneficial and so like a fertilizer to everything you're growing and doing. And I love how you're doing things in the community. I think that's so, I think self-care great buzzword. We figured that out. We got to do it. We got to take care of ourselves. Newsflash. Um, (laughs) And now though, we have to, I think, move into a little bit of the like community care component. Like you said, like, how can I use my resources? How can I boost someone else up? How can I share my platform, my privilege, whatever I have? Can I just like be there and also like witness someone else's like humanness and what they're going through instead of it just being like this, like whatever, American Western idea, whatever this thing is about, like us all being on our own journey and having to pick ourselves up by our bootstraps and figure it all out on our own. I think that the, you know the community container you're creating is so it's so important. It's so on trend, you know, where we're going astrology wise. Yeah, um, and I'm I just I just love to see it, and I think. Um, I know we only have a few minutes left, so I'm going to do, I didn't get to do your like traditional chart reading. You know your chart so well. 
You are such the embodiment. Anyone who's not of eighth house planets and you're listening to this or send it to a friend if they know eighth house and twelfth house people are always very confused by. I'm like, listen to Michelle. They're the best houses. <laughs> as someone who has a lot of planets in both, I'm like, we are mysterious. Okay. We're gotta spooky. get to know us. Okay. Yes, like, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I am I used to call myself a slow burn because I yes. people did not like me or I perceived that they did not like me when they first met me. And it was like, mm. yeah, I had to work on them, you know, a little bit and like, keep showing up and keep showing them that I don't suck. And then, and then eventually they would like open up to me, but I'm a slow, I'm not like an instant magnetizing person. Well, I always like to say, I, this is my little love letter to Scorpio placements. And I'll tie in the pass to that, but any of you listening know that I do not permit any Zodiac bashing ever on this podcast, in this space, in any area I'm involved in. But Scorpios catch so much heat because you're intense. You know, there's so much power to what you do. It's like, I'm going to the depths of the ocean on this. I'm going to the gates of hell and back or nowhere. Mm-hmm. And also Scorpio is the sign where you gather other people's psychological projections. So I'm like, yeah, y'all don't like Scorpio because you're projecting your shit on them. So <laughs> I can see that with the Scorpio moon and all these eight house planets, that's going to be like, and I love the slow burn. It's like just, you know, so if anyone's listening to this and, and they feel that that resonating it's like just knowing that if someone like deeply like like dislikes you for no reason that's just they need to figure out their own stuff but i always say like if you're loved by a scorpio you have a scorpio in your corner ride or die it's that's oh, not yeah. even that's not even an expression i'm like yeah if you need someone to literally go to like i said the gates of hell and back to go into the dark deep scary places with you and just be like we're cool we got this flicking a cigarette out the window like (laughs) crank up the music babe like who cares i'm like it's scorpio like that's what i want by my side when it's true so same same (laughs) i want scorpios and i want sagittarius in the car too i want sagittarius in the in the car like (laughs) they're keeping it fun managing the playlist right they're like they're gonna playlist Scorpio's like, should we burn their house down? And Sagittarius is like, Oh, could be fun though. I'll take your picture while we're doing it. <laughs> you look amazing in that light. Let me snap a picture. Let's get some food. Think about it. <laughs> so amazing. Well, oh, there's so many, a million more questions I'd want to ask you, but I do want to make sure people know, is there anything coming up from holisticism? Anything on the horizon that we should, that you have, that you're excited about or something we should like keep tabs on or people who are oh, like, Oh my gosh. Yeah, there's so much all the time, but we have we have this awesome, two awesome things. We have our visionaries and residents who teach classes for the holisticism community. And over the last year and a half, we've experimented with lots of ways from divesting from the problematic aspects of capitalism. But one way that we do that is through sliding scale offerings. So all of our offerings are on a self-selecting sliding scale, meaning that no matter what class level you're at, you can get access to the education and resources that we have at Holisticism. We also make so much stuff for free. That's a really important accessibility component for us. But these classes with our visionaries and residents are amazing. They're all incredible human beings in their own right. Herbalists, breathwork teachers, psychics, 
birth workers slash choreographer, embodiment practitioners, like they're all amazing. So check out Holisticism for more events like that for coming from us. And then we have a summer solstice festival happening at the beginning of the pandemic. I went like, I leaned, I have a little bit of Capricorn in my chart and I like leaned heavily into it. And I was like, we're going to host a class every day of the quarantine when we thought the quarantine was going to be two weeks long. (laughs) So I did a free wellness class, free class on wellness or whatever, um, spirituality, intuitive business, 90 days in a row. And I had all these different practitioners come in and teach classes. We ended up having like 10,000 people join us for class, which was amazing. Your girl was burnt out. She was tired by the end. It was such a success though. It was such a beautiful way for people to come together and get some care during a really stressful time that we wanted to do something similar as we're coming to the end of that. And so the summer solstice felt like a really good energy portal to sort of like close off to celebrate what we've come through and to like usher in some new feelings. So we're doing a summer solstice virtual event. It's three days of events. They're all free. We have movement classes, psychic readings, awesome panel discussions every single day. And then we're doing a big summer solstice ritual on the 19th. So as we enter into the solstice, so you can sign up for free at Holisticism. They're going to be really fun. And I hope that people can join us. So juicy, so magical. I'm just like, this is, this is amazing. I love this. I'm so happy you didn't let those bros get you down. Keep you Don't down. Never let the bros get you down. Never guys. let the bros get you down. Okay. Um, and also, and where can people like find you? Do you like Instagram? Do you like, like if someone wants to I do Instagram to terribly, but I'm at Michelle Palazon, my first and last name. And uh, you can find me at Holisticism too sometimes. But yeah, my personal Instagram is like mostly pictures of my dog and my husband, who's a Scorpio moon. So I'm in a Virgo. I'm obsessed with him. We're literally perfect for each other. And I'm like, if you die, I will kill you. Like you are not allowed to die. <laughs> that's on being loved by a Scorpio moon. That's right. <laughs> I will necromancy, bring you back to life, kill you again for leaving. (laughs) Please put that in your wedding and your upcoming wedding vows. Trust me, I say it a lot. He's like, I know. Oh my God. That's freaking amazing. Same personal Instagram, dog and husband, Um, as it should be. Well, wonderful. Oh, thank you for coming on. Thank you for just being you and following all this. This is Honestly, listening to your story and seeing what you're creating, it gives me like a boost. You know, as an entrepreneur, there are days where you're like, oh, like, oh, I'm getting a little dragged down or trying to like, change the system. And you're like, I'm a little tired. And then I just meet someone like you and I'm like, I'm still tired, but I'm inspired. All right, game on. We got this. It's like an energy drink for the soul. I'm like, oh, cool, cool, cool. We're not alone. So thank you, thank you, thank you um, thank for being you. you. It was such a pleasure to talk. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you want to know more about Cosmic Rx, head on over to thecosmicrx.com. And if you really love this show, I'd love it if you left a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. I super love hearing from you and reading your reviews. All right, you cosmic baddie, tune in next week. And until then, remember, love yourself fully, work your magic, and take no shit.